0: Another episode of Cincy Brewcast, a dark and stormy, rainy night, so we are holed up in the Gnarly Gnome Tavern, in the other words, in the corner of my basement. (laughs) Um, We've got, I've got Craft Beer Joe with me, Craft Beer Joe, welcome back to the show. Um, How many does this make it? Is this maybe five? Maybe five, yeah. Um, It's been a few. Second time at the the tavern.
1: So I'm glad to be back Uh, at the tavern. I think
0: this is number four.
1: We've done a few at some Jungle Gyms right. events, and I know I've been here at least one other time, so yeah. Yeah, I think this yeah. number, this happy number to be four. back.
0: Well, we have a bunch of beer that is not from Cincinnati to drink tonight. <laughs> it's a it's a rare occasion on the show, especially in the, last, um, in the last year or two. Normally, we've got plenty of stuff that we're just desperately trying to keep up, but I was out of town last week and um, have a fridge full of a bunch of other stuff, so I'm like, we just need to get some of these knocked out, so that's what we're doing tonight. We're going to talk about a couple different things. Um, Originally, we were just going to kind of talk about uh, beer tourism and, you know, cities like Asheville that have like these crazy beer tourism scenes happening and why they have that versus Cincinnati. And then the fun news came through this week that Sam Adams is opening a tap room here in Cincinnati, which I think kind of ties into that perfectly. So I think that's kind of where we're going to go with it and what we're going to I don't know what we're going to start talking about
1: yeah it was exciting news i think anyone that knows beer and anyone that knows cincinnati has wanted a sam adams tap room for years it only made sense every time i drive by i think oh i really wish they had a tap room here i wish i could go and see them
0: (coughs) Uh, so the tap room is part of and i don't have the name of the development sitting in front of me it's uh the urban sites project something like that um It is a multi-use development right there on Central Parkway with apartments and um, I think another restaurant may be coming in, in addition to Sam Adams, possibly. um, I haven't done enough research on the actual um, development to know for sure, but it's going to be crazy. It's going to be good for them. You know, more apartments right above another brewery. So it's, you know, built-in audience right there. Spreads the brewery love in Over the Rhine kind of across the whole swath of the area now.
1: Yeah, it's been That's, interesting with Over the Rhine growing and expanding and getting revitalized that so much of it was south of Liberty Street, for right. those that know Over the Rhine, but Moreline House and Rhinegeist are north of Liberty Street near Finley Market, right. so they really didn't get as much attention as far as the Over the Rhine feel and what's been happening the last couple of years, and I think this is just another layer to what's offered up near Finley Market.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, when when guys decided, when they opened... And people started talking about where they were going. Everybody, I'm not going you It's not even safe to walk there. I'm not going there. And and it's nice to see how much that's changing and how much it's evolving. They just built some kind of keg tower thing out in front of Ranggeist for your Uber car to stop at. So there's like an Uber pickup and drop off location. Like it's just like lots of cool things like that for people to go over there and drink, which is what we need to do. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff here. Some burial beer. A couple burial ones. We have, of course, a New England IPA. You have to have one of those Uh, saison. We've got a wheat wine from Triple C in Charlotte. A sour ale with green figs from unknown, and a mixed culture saison from uh, Blackberry Farms in Tennessee. So we have one non North Carolina beer with us. And I do have, um, well, if we are deciding on something a little bit heavier, I've got a um, a Bigfoot. Aged in red wine barrels from Sierra Nevada, which we definitely need to talk about. That was by far the star of my trip. Was stopping at Sierra Nevada. Well, let's. What do you want to drink? Let's dig into it because, of course, we have to do from the beer fridge. The reason we do the show. Um, we to start with.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of some funky stuff that you brought back, which is a lot of fun. So maybe we should start with something like that. Uh, we were just talking about the unknown brewery we that. Were. I'm familiar with because I've been there
0: once before myself. So I think, and I have not been to nearly all of the breweries in Charlotte yet, or I don't know that I'll ever get to all of them at this point, but um, from what I've been to, I think that this is my favorite brewery in Charlotte is the unknown.
1: What's great about Charlotte, and it reminds me a little bit of way. Cincinnati in this way, is it's one of those cities that's easy to get around in. I think it's easier than Cincinnati. Yeah. Right? Every, and everything, when I was there, you know, you could visit two or three breweries easily back right. to back because they were so close together, uh, sometimes right next to each other. So, um, and they have the, the Noda area, the right. North of Davidson area, which there's a couple of breweries up there. Uh, so yeah, Charlotte's got a great beer scene right now.
0: Well, when we were, we were we stopped at the Unknown specifically because they were doing their 4.5-ish party, which is... Um, they do half anniversary parties to celebrate their, their, their first um, kind of bottle, their big sour bottle release that kind of happened a little later than they wanted it to. Um, And this one also kind of coincided with the big, the debut of their expansion that they, which I guess we can talk about in a second, but so we, we stopped there first and that was our full intention that we knew we were going to go there. Everywhere else was kind of just on the fly and, we were drinking there and we finished all of the, the beer tickets that we bought. And I said, are we staying here and get more? Are we going somewhere else? And I was like, Oh, let's go, let's go somewhere else while we can. Uh, where do you want to go? I so I don't know. You know, I was a wooden robot. I've never been there. I don't, I don't know where anything is in Charlotte. And they're like, Oh, that's perfect. It's right there. And you just, <laughs> you, you could have walked over there. Um, and then from there we went somewhere else that was just down the street. Like it's just these little pockets of breweries where Cincinnati is. There are pockets, but it's pretty spread out. You You, are getting an uber to go from one to another a lot of times so it was neat to see how kind of different that is versus Cincinnati. yeah, did you try this yet?
1: I've not tried it so sour ale with green figs I don't even know if uh, I've ever had a green fig before I,
0: I know what fig Newtons taste like, and that's <laughs> my complete uh that, that's, a, that's as much of a fig <laughs> experience as I have. I'm gonna assume it won't taste like a fig Newton you never know mm. fig Newtons might taste like figs i <laughs> have you ever had just a fig? I've never had a fig. <laughs> So it definitely smells nice and funky. They so they, they took um and fermented half of this I think in let me look it up here real quick while I'm Oh I didn't put that on there. Hang on, I want to do a quick Um I know that they took uh the, the, the first half of the batch and they put that in in barrels for two years. And then the other half, they open-fermented it with brett, and then they combined both of those and then added those into stainless, I think. Sorry if you guys can hear the thunder in the background. <laughs> into stainless with the green figs and then re-fermented it again. Um, I don't know how long that was. but So it's it was two batches of beer done a little differently and then combined and then taken from there.
1: Yeah, they really uh, took their time with this one, and you can really... Taste it as well. I'd imagine this, you know, we're drinking it relatively fresh, but it would do a lot of cool things over time, but it's it's
0: drinking really good right now. Oh yeah. It's not as it's not as overly tart and 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 crazy as I thought it was gonna be from the aroma. It's actually kind of smooth and crisp and fruity and that's really good. Has a little bit of a dry finish, which
1: I really like that in a sour. I think it cleans up well. Oh yeah, that's real nice. Yeah, but not overly sour.
0: I you still don't it. know what green figs taste like.
1: No, I, I and we well, might be tasting it, probably no, uh, but but it is it's it's complex without being overpowering. You don't get a lot of the sour, uh, just enough to know it's there. And if they used Brett in it, I'm not getting that the overwhelming Brett characteristic that sometimes you get that that uh, horses blanket type funkiness is not in this at all, so, which. I think it's good. It makes it a little more drinkable. Well,
0: and I, I don't know that first half that was um, done in the uh, the the barrels for, for two years. I don't know if that was just straight fermented or if it had some kind of bread in that too versus – I know the second half did, so I, I don't know. Maybe only half of it had the bread to kind of keep some of that. And maybe over time some of that bread that's in here will kind of take over and eat all that fig, whatever <laughs> the the – the fig that's in there and, and take over and kinda of turn into something else, who knows. Uh we've definitely got a couple here with some some major Brett character to it that I love. Yeah, absolutely. If um I I can never know for sure what background noise is being picked up on microphones, but I promise you no one is abusing any children in my house. <laughs> that is <laughs> um if you listen to last week's show where uh me and my wife were just sitting around the, the dining room table, you know that we have a sick baby at home that is not been happy for the last week or two. So that's the noise in the background, if you can hear it. <laughs> I don't think, I don't know if it actually is coming through, but I can definitely hear it. <laughs> no child abuse, I promise.
1: So Unknown really has some great marketing, and I follow them on social media just because of their marketing. Their logo is a question mark that's made out of hops, and it, it's just this kind of fun play that they're unknown, you know, that they're the unknown right, brewery right. that everyone else is trying to you know, make a name for themselves and everything like that. And they kind of are just making fun of the whole idea that everyone has these like over sophisticated names anymore. Well,
0: when we were down there, we were talking to my brother was down there. we were talking to one of his friends. I'm like, Oh, where are you guys going tonight? Maybe I'll meet with you guys. And Chucky said Un- unknown. And then we don't know where else. <laughs> and I just kind of laughed. And I'm like, that's, that's when I appreciate the naming of a brewery because unknown and we don't know where else. <laughs> If you just told that to anybody else, that would be really confusing. But I guess everybody down there just kind of knows what that means. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. It's a a neat space. It was neat. It's been a few years since I'd been there. And it was neat that first time I was down there. It was a really cool brewery. Um, The the, the brewery space is separated by kind of a glass wall to the tap room. Um, But now they've kind of expanded that tap room space a little bit and opened it up even more. Um, that the bar is kind of a big square in the center of the tap room now with two bars kind of back to back, um, two, I guess, tap towers, you would call them back to back on a wall with the, the bar around that I'm doing motions with my hands for all of the podcast listeners to see. Um, and then the, the glass wall is of course there. And then upstairs is a big event space. And then off of that is a, uh, a rooftop deck that kind of overlooks the, uh, the city. It's, it's a really neat space. So I, uh, it was neat to see how they've grown in probably the two or three years since I've been there and exciting to think about where they could go from there. I know they're, they're they're probably planning some big things knowing how big their, their brew house is. I think it's a, a 20 or a 30 barrel brew house and it's you know, not done for just tap room consumption only. They're definitely planning on spreading a little bit. I think.
1: Yep. And they can, uh, some of their product. They can a lot. a lot. They, you know, they, they do can a their... lot now,
0: I think so there's a, there's a chance hey maybe
1: we'll see them in Cincinnati well, at and some that's,
0: point you know I I'm amazed that here we are in Cincinnati a city that is very much like Charlotte you go to Charlotte and there are a lot of people from Cincinnati and there are still none of those breweries that have made it here yet you know Asheville has a couple that have, that have poked their head up here but um, you still don't see anything from Charlotte and from from what I understand you don't see a lot of Charlotte spreading too far outside of Charlotte period so there's a lot of room for growth there and um, I can only imagine that that's exactly what we're going to see in the next couple of years with places like the unknown or like Triple C or some of those places, you know, Noda that have been around for a little while that are just now ready to kind of you know, elbow their way into some <laughs> other space. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. This is great. This beer is, is phenomenal.
1: Yep, this is drinking really well. Again, sour beers are, are tricky for a lot of people and even for myself sometimes because you never know what they mean by sour. Right. Until you start drinking right. drink it, sometimes it's a lot of that funkiness. Sometimes it's really that uh, that acid level is a little too high, so it can be a little uh, a little much for you. But this is this is really smooth. It has all the the flavor and complexity that you want out of a sour, uh, without getting burnt out. And you could easily go through the whole bottle yourself.
0: I definitely get some kind of like some kind of dry fruit thing going on, which I I guess is the figs. I I, I can't say that for sure, having never had a fig, but there's a really neat kind of, uh, it's not like a, like a big, bright, tropical kind of fruit. Like you get a lot of times, like I know this, both of these burial beers that are sitting in front of us have some big tropical notes to them. Um, it's not like that. It's, it's a earthy kind of, um, green, (laughs) you know, kind of flavor, which makes sense looking at the label on the bottle. It's a, let me see that. It's a really cool green label. It's got that big hop question mark on it. I'm guessing these are fig leaves, yeah. <laughs> on I think there, so. um, kind of a cool, like old-fashioned kind of um, font on there. It's just it's it's great beer, great great branding.
1: It's great to see breweries do a wide variety of beers well. Because again, if you go there, they have sour beers, but they do your IPAs. They have right. um, the the full range of beer styles there. So they're not a sour brewery, but they make sour beer. Um, which which is exciting because it seems a few years ago you had to kind of do one thing and do it really well and anymore these breweries are really showing us that they can do a wide variety of styles it's not just ipas it's not just lagers it's not just sours
0: they're doing them all i've got another one of theirs in my fridge over there some cans that are actually left over from when he was up here in town for um christmas and it's a coffee stout that they brew that again it's fantastic it's nothing like this not even the same category as this but it's just it's just another really good really solid beer
1: yeah absolutely and uh, talking about sour beers it's tied it back to cincinnati a little bit this friday i believe reingeist is releasing their first sour oh, yeah. beer they've, they've so they've got a
0: whole series getting ready to, to launch the. So,
1: so i you know i'm really excited again for the idea that a brewery is not one-dimensional anymore it, people kind of say
0: (laughs) they don't only make pale ales in (laughs) my right
1: i mean that's what people say yeah people keep saying it over and over again about Rheingeist, and i think the next couple years are going to be an eye opener for a lot of people about who reingeist is and what they can be
0: for our city a lot of people don't realize because it's not in your face you can't see it but they have one of the biggest barrel aging programs in cincinnati they have a whole floor just full of barrels that you don't see from the tap room um if you I don't even know if they take their tour. I assume some of their tours go down there, but the tours that I've been on, you don't even get to see it on those. So, I mean, it's kind of tucked away. It's kind of hidden. I don't think that they are afraid to kind of own the IPA pale ale thing. I think that they're very comfortable with that side of their personality, but it's going to be really cool to kind of see them kind of step up and, you know, be able to pour some things that kind of get people to look at them a little differently. Um, They have three that they have, kind of announced at this point they had a picture I know they posted of all three of them so um, all bottles cork and cage mm-hmm. it's uh, you know definitely a different format than what we're used to from them it's yeah. it's cool stuff Yep,
1: uh, and, and I think they're going to do it right I don't think they're going to disappoint people I think they're going to again surprise people shock people and and again to me this all ties into what we started talking about with Sam Adams their stone's throw from where Sam Adams is and where this tap room is going to be and beer tourism we have over the Rhine in Cincinnati which does attract tourism and has been doing it for a long time <coughs> and now more than ever people can come or at least at the end of the year they'll be able to come and visit the tap room from one of the largest craft breweries in the nation as well as Cincinnati's largest craft brewery right all within walking distance of each other I think that says a lot for who we are as a city and starting to get a little more notoriety from other areas and getting people to drive eight hours to
0: visit us. You know, we're also going to by the end of this year have tap rooms to two of the the top fifty breweries in the United States within walking distance of each other. That is that's insane. Like you don't I'd have to look at the list, but I don't think there's any other cities with that. I guess yeah. I guess Asheville, which is good. You know, there's New Belgium. they're not within walking distance, but New Belgium and Sierra Nevada are in town. Um but uh, off the top of my head, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure maybe out west, you know, I'm sure Colorado, maybe. Maybe a San
1: Diego if you throw Stone plus someone else in there. Right. But it's rare. It's it, rare to be that close to each other and also be that kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum as, as well. Sam Adams, you know, if you've only tried Boston Lager, you need to try more of their beer because they do much better work than Boston Lager, in my opinion. But they're, your traditional craft brewing, Rheingeist pale ales IPAs and now sours they're kind of the new right the new age of what craft beer looks like so yeah you can experience the whole thing right there
0: what's what's mind-blowing to me about Sam Adams is how wide of a portfolio they have of way different beer styles all to me dead on to what they're supposed to be Um, very traditional kind of you know style guideline wise Um, just just really well-rounded as far as what a brewery can be and a lot of people don't realize that because you skip over it sometimes on the shelf for the unknowns or the burials or whatever it may be that are in your face and, and shiny and, and, and new. And, um, I don't, this may give some people kind of a minute to take a step into a place and force themselves to kind of try some of these beers that they've looked over a bunch of times, as well as to see some of the the offshoots that the brewery can take. They've got some really talented people there that are brewing And it's going to be exciting to see how they can kind of play around with it. I'm also curious to who's going to run up this new brewer, who's going to be brewing for them. And um, that's going to be fun to watch. I don't know if they're going to send somebody from across the street over there. And give them the space or maybe they're going to start looking around here who knows yeah, get some local talent <laughs> yeah, who in there. Knows?
1: yeah and there's a lot of speculation a lot of people are saying well if they just serve their standard beers there's really no value there i don't think that's going to be the play at all i think you're going to see a lot of taproom only offerings there uh, these taprooms are great for marketing they're great for building brand but
0: it's also a test kitchen yeah for great them. great experiment you know when um i know Urban Artifact wrote a lot about when they did their collaboration with Sam Adams, how that process kind of came about. And one of the first steps was just brewing a standard New England IPA, which Sam Adams had been working on for a while. So they basically wrote back to Boston and said, hey, we're working on this collaboration, you know, and then they sent beer from Boston that they had been working on back here to Cincinnati to kind of play around and look at some of the flavors that they were doing and then kind of go off of that from, from what I understand after reading it. So there's definitely lots of tests that happened in the, the nano side up there in in Boston that I'm, I'm assuming are going to happen here. I don't know how big the brew house is in the, the smaller Boston kind of test brew pub. Um, but I think it's pretty small. I think it's closer to like a five or seven barrel range, I think. Um, So this may be like a step up from that kind of this weird tiered kind of size wise across the country and these other spots. It's, It's kind of neat. I think it's fun. I think it's filling a huge gap here in Cincinnati of something that is comfortable, but also kind of trendy to get, people to go to
1: yep and they pick the right location and and again we talk about people visiting cincinnati that is a name they're going to recognize so when they pull up yelp or <laughs> google or whatever, they're trying to find out where to go they're like oh we want to visit some breweries <laughs> over here but we don't know which ones are good and they see sam adams and they see there's a few others that are close by it, it'll be comforting uh, i know myself if people are coming to cincinnati and they're going to be downtown a lot of times i rec- recommend the moreline logger house oh, for yeah. them to go to it's beautiful the food's great. They have their own beer plus guest tabs on. So you really couldn't ask for anything more. And I know they're going to have a good experience there because it is more of the brew pub style. Uh, You know, I'm not going to send them to a hole in the wall where if I don't know, they're going to really appreciate (laughs) that hole in the wall. So um, yeah, I think it really gives us some credibility for who we are as a, as a beer city.
0: Well, and there's also this whole segment now of craft beer drinkers that are growing into craft beer now that are just coming into drinking age or whatever it may be that don't have the relationship with Sam Adams that even some of us do. You know, when when we were all, you know, becoming drinking age, there was not a lot of craft beer around. Sam Adams was one of those things that you did see at places and you probably drank a lot of Sam Adams as a young craft beer drinker because there wasn't anything else to drink. So um, I think some of the newer craft beer drinkers may not have that same experience with the brewery because there are other options and there's lots of other shiny new stuff that is made down the street from you. So, you know, it's, (laughs) it's going to be a a fun kind of change to watch that relationship with drinkers, especially here in Cincinnati. It's, it's, I think it's good all around. Even if the, you know, you said, I don't think they're going to have just their standard styles, which I don't either, but even if they did, I still think it would be a good thing. I still think that it would be a, a fantastic success because some of their normal stuff, people just don't get to try. You know, exactly the, right, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that only comes in those big variety packs and stuff. Mm-hmm. That I mean, how, how often do you go and buy one of those variety packs? it, it, it you know, it's not your go-to. So it, it, even if that's what the, all they were serving up, it would be a fantastic thing and a f- great addition to Cincinnati.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm excited for it. And like I said, I think it puts some attention on us. Uh, we've got a lot of great breweries here that I don't think a lot of people outside Cincinnati know about yet. And I think we're starting to show up on people's radar, like you talked about Charlotte and Nashville. Uh there's other places that are getting a little more attention than I think Cincinnati does. And I and I think this is just another layer to what we offer here that other places don't because a lot of people didn't think of Asheville until Sierra Nevada went in there. Right. Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, what what's this Asheville place? And you know, the people that are really in the crafty were like, Oh yeah, we've we've known about this for years. But it's just kind of like that little secret that everyone was right. going down there to burial <laughs> and wicked weed, went, you know, and, and getting beer. But then Sierra Nevada goes in and it becomes
0: like a legitimate situation down there,
1: kind of a similar Sierra,
0: Sierra Nevada and New Belgium. And New I Belgium. think that yeah. that's the, the thing that you know kind of gets <laughs> missed is that there are two massive breweries and you know on either sides of of Asheville that are you know have been around forever. Again, maybe those beers that you might overlook on a shelf if you especially if you lived in Asheville you probably didn't buy a lot of Sierra Nevada before they came into town you know you probably skipped over on the shelf same with New Belgium you probably skipped over it a lot now that they're there I don't know maybe you drink more of it I you know I would, would have to ask somebody that lives there I don't know if anybody actually lives there I think it's just people that come there and <laughs> drink beer <laughs> I have no idea how that works 99% tourists <laughs> I really you know what you know Obviously, this is going to be an opinion thing, but you know, what are we, what are we still missing as a beer city that that you know attracts that that beer tourism thing to you? What do you what do you think we're not figuring out if there is anything?
1: You know, th- there are a few things that I think we struggle with, and we talked about one of them earlier. While I find Cincinnati to be easy to get around to compared to larger cities, we don't have a lot of brewery districts. We don't have Those areas where there's three or four breweries in the same block or two. Um, Even you go to Columbus, Ohio, and there's a few spots where you can park once and visit four or five breweries. We don't really have that here, so I think that hurts us a little bit. Um, I think what we also have experienced is uh, a really fast growth in the number of breweries we have compared to the size of those breweries. Right. So again, you say Asheville, oh, you can easily say, oh, there's Burial and there's all these other... You name four or five, and oh, the other 15 or 20 kind of you lose track of. Right. Um. So I think that's kind of hurt us a little bit, and I think we need some of our big players to get a little bit bigger, and I think Rheingeist being in the top 50 in the U.S. helps put us on the map again, and we need some of our bigger players, Madtree, to continue to grow, have some widespread notoriety to help pull people in because I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd visit a city just cause they have a lot of breweries. I'd go there because I know they have a few that are really good that I've right. got to get to. And while I'm there, I'm going to visit two or three more.
0: I, I almost like, I, I don't think that I would look at a city that a lot of people would have to be talking about it to me unless I had had some kind of beer from that city to go there just for the beer. Like I would never, Go to, um, I don't, I don't, know. I can't think of a good example of it. But you know, pick pick any random kind of mid-sized city across the United States, and I'm sure there's some great like breweries St. in St. Louis. St. Louis. Well, I mean, there's a really big <laughs> one there. But you know, like a city like that where there are plenty of great breweries, and you look at it online and you see this list, you're like, well, yeah, I could spend you know a weekend there, kind of hopping around and doing my thing. But I don't know any of these. I don't, I don't know that it's worth planning a trip around this city versus another city. If you live on the West coast and you're like, you know what, we're going to head East and we're going to go to a city. You're still probably going to Asheville over Cincinnati, unless you know something that's happening here. That is as exciting as Sierra Nevada or burial or (laughs) wicked weed. (laughs) I can't even say it anymore. You know that you have to have something here that's exciting like that. And um, I think that this is, we're, we're getting there with some things. You know, I think that, um, definitely Ryan Geist is getting some attention right now. Sam Adams has that attention and has had it for, for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mad tree is right on the cusp of kind of getting people to talk about that. I think Listerman is getting some of that talk from places you know, shit on the new England IPA is all you want. If, if you don't like that style, but people trade on people talk about them. You, you, you hear about it, you know, the Fiona beer, call it a gimmick people talked about it all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. the greater spirit of Braxton people talked about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's getting that notoriety and people to recognize those names and say, Oh yeah, I've, I've heard about these guys and I've heard good things. I need to try it for myself. So you have to have some of that, that hype, I guess, if that's a good word for it. I don't know.
1: It It is. There's some hype. There's also just some good marketing that goes into it. Right. And luckily our largest brewery, Brian guys has really great marketing and mad tree has really great marketing behind it as well so these these brands can really propel things because a brewery like listerman as great as their beer is and as much as i love their tap room experience they don't have the marketing arm and leverage that these larger breweries do so we kind of need those larger guys to kind of carry us a little bit
0: right and, and help spread the word um, that they are from cincinnati the um, the one that I think is really sliding under the radar still is, is 50 West, outside of Cincinnati. I think everybody around town here understands who they are and what they're about, but it's a very tourist-friendly kind of brewery. There's stuff to do there. It's If it's summertime, that is a really fun place to hang out on, on either side of the street, at the, at the brew pub, on that beer garden. Or, you know, over at the production facility with all of these things to do. 50 Westville, as I call it, you know, everything. (laughs) It is very much along the same vein as Sierra Nevada was out in Nashville where there's stuff to do outside. It's a place that you want to bring your family and just hang out. Mm -hmm. And I think that a a lot of our breweries have missed out on some of that. I mean, they're definitely very fun places to hang out, but in a different kind of way. There's not a place that is as outdoor friendly i think as well,
1: a lot of people talk about the craft beer bubble and and we're obviously not there and i think cincinnati is is going to weather some storms pretty well because our community is really strong but if there is a craft beer bubble it's places like 50 west that are going to survive because they are more than just beer right they really are you know i wrote about him recently and um talking to bobby the guy has so much passion for his community oh, yeah. first and beer second. And, and I think that shows in everything that they've done and how they've grown and what they do. The fact that they're on a, a bike trail and you can just go out there and rent a bike and
0: bike well, you, for you can, a while. They're on a bike trail. They're on a river. You can rent a canoe. <laughs> and now, you know, they are, if you are in that sort of community, I guess, if you were a, a biker or a canoer or a kayaker, whatever it is, there's a whole now line of breweries that are growing around that you can jump in the, in the river in, in your canoe at one place and go to three places in an afternoon. Yep. And like, that's, that's fun stuff that you can't do everywhere that doesn't exist in a lot of places that somehow as a city, we need to find a way to market that and we need to find a way to show everybody else that that's here. You know, it's not necessarily up to a brewery to try to tell people in San Diego that Cincinnati you need to come here because here we are we're a five barrel brewery on a river <laughs> really like you know yeah. like how do you how do you as that brewery market that it's us as a city that need to show people this bigger picture of what's going on it's not about the Rheingeist or the Sam Adams or whatever it is it's about this big Cincinnati thing um
1: yep, I've got an article coming up soon about the bike trail right And there's five breweries on that bike trail, and I've got it laid out how you can visit them. I haven't done it, but my opinion on how you right. should do it and, and, and what you can do. I, but, but I it's will be two, more than two happy. Hours. As, two as hours. everybody
0: knows, I'm more than happy to get some drivers and I will go to as many breweries <laughs> in a day as I can. I don't know that I'm biking to all of them on <laughs> one day. <laughs> Not all 50. But Bobby's been trying to get me to join 50 West Running Club for a very long time. And I'm. Uh, there are some things that I will definitely go out on a limb and try. I don't know the running and biking and like hopscotching, whatever it is that may give me a heart attack i don't know that that's one of the things (laughs) one day
1: we should do a a podcast from 50 west go up to little miami at least i think maybe
0: half an hour bike ride i can do i can do a canoe (laughs) because i can just float (laughs) i'm I'm in in for that that would be the very first podcast from a canoe (laughs) we've done one from the brew bus we have not done one from a canoe yet maybe we need to make that happen this summer um we need to Talk about another beer before we take a break. And since we're both already drinking another beer, we should talk about that beer. It's Burial's well, Burial and the other half. They collaborated on one for you. I guess it's one for me because it's delicious. It's a Hellas Lager. It's not a New England. Um, although it tastes very New Englandy. It's a Hellas Lager, six percent ABV, loaded with Grungeist hops, tetaning hops. Uh, dry hopped with mosaic loop lupulin powder, so kind of very New England ish, and then they hit it with coconut and pineapple and vanilla, and give it that big fruity kind of soft, uh, easy drinking finish. I, I, I'm in love with it. It would be really good if it was way hotter outside.
1: Yeah, it, this begs for warmer weather, which we don't have today. And I, and I didn't know what style it cold. was. It's, it's, just, it's just rainy. It's a little, a little <laughs> rainy. I didn't know what style this was. When I started drinking it, and I kept thinking, what's this finish? I I don't know this finish, and it's the lager finish. It's really clean, it's crisp, which you don't get from the IPAs, whether they're New England or or West Coast or whatever you're drinking. It has that clean, crisp finish. It's It's really good. There is
0: definitely a snap at the end that you don't get from the New England's, which I almost think I enjoy something like this more than most of the New England's that I have because it has some of that. It's got that 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 like the snap at the end. It, it doesn't just float off into soft nothingness, which mm-hmm. is good. But I think I like this more. This is fantastic. I mean, leave it up to the other half to to come in and and help make something like that happen. I mean, two brilliant breweries coming together. Um, their brewery description is pretty fantastic. I I don't know how much you know about burial. How much you've looked into them and read some of their stuff. They're a little out there. <laughs> um, <coughs> The brewery description says recognition of the palatable penchant for more. A once beautiful lager beer led up a path of mayhem aged upon pineapple, coconut, and vanilla beans and dry hopped with mosaic lupulum powder made with the obliging team at other half brewing. (laughs) (laughs) That's some good writing. Uh, When, um, when we, we stopped at burial, my wife had never been, I had never been there before either, but I definitely had some of their beers we uh we pulled up in front of the brewery it's it looks like a shack i mean in the nicest way possible <laughs> it is like a like a tin building with like goat horns and skeletons strapped on the outside of it the i think the door handles are like uh uh what is the the, the sith you know the, the the what are the the you know the the sickle kind of thing you know what I'm oh talking yeah about? yeah the, yep. um it, like very goth-y, I guess is a good way to describe it. You pull up, my wife is like, what, where, where are you taking me? Like, there's, you know, that place right over there, like, literally down the street is owned by Anheuser Busch. We know it's gonna be nice and clean and family-friendly, and they'll probably have pretzels. <laughs> and, and I said, no, 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 you gotta trust me on this, you know, and we went in, and it's it kind of looks still the same on the inside. Like, I it's not a dirt floor, but it might as well have been a dirt floor, you know? Lots of things hanging around, and very dark and kind of dingy. And um, she walked up and she looked at the tap boards. Like, well, those sound interesting. And I'm like, all right, well, which one do you want? And she got, um, I don't remember what she got. I'd have to look it up, but um, something very floral. I think it was hibiscus or some kind of flowers in it, you know, just something that doesn't fit into what you think you're going to get when you look at the brewery. And she's like, she tried it. And she's like, man, this is, this was really good. this, doesn't fit into any of this at all in my head and everything on that tap board is like that it's lots of saisons excuse me lots of uh new england ipas lots of fruits and flowers and uh, you know light delicate flavors in this atmosphere that doesn't you don't think that's what you're going to get it's just such a such a fun place, you know. It doesn't, you know. You look at the the artwork on some of these, you know. This it's next, a little dark. This next, we'll actually, we'll crack it open right now. While we're it's a little about.
1: dark, you know. And Burial is one of the breweries, one of the few breweries that people say are a must visit in Asheville. Absolutely, absolutely. So I've only had a few from them. I've had a coconut brown or coconut porter back in the day. So they well, they do. You know this funkier stuff and this lighter stuff. They do quite a few dark beers as well. Again, they kind of have the whole range of beer style, but people rave about the experience there. So I'm glad we're to hear it to was to rouse the yeast in this
0: one. I don't know how you Uh-oh. do that when you're pouring into a taster, but we're gonna figure it out. Give it a little shake. Oh, All right. oh, we got some action. <laughs> yeast is roused. Yeast <laughs> is roused more than I was anticipating. <laughs>
1: We kind of a champagne bottle right. scenario here.
0: See if that yeah roused any use. <laughs> that there just means it's going <laughs> to taste good. Um, I have beer all over my arm now. So, so what's this style? Um, this is a Saison. It is called The Adoration of the Mystic Lamb. <laughs> So it's a it's a painting with that name in Belgium in, Ghent. How do you pronounce it? Ghent? 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 Ghent, Belgium, um, Belgium. It's in Belgium, and it's like this this beautiful painting on like these panels. And I guess somebody from burial was there and saw this painting and just absolutely loved it. I mean, you can see some of the artwork on there is from that painting, but um, again, you look at that and it looks very metal <laughs> it looks very uh very headbanging heavy metal you know uh black sabbath <laughs> and you try it and that's not what the beer is at all it's it's light it's fruity it's delicate it's
1: yeah there's a lot of uh funkiness in the aroma but there's some fruit undertones in there as well that you definitely can pick up on
0: just wipe the beer off my arms here
1: It is so much lighter in taste than it is in aroma. The right. aroma is really strong and heavy. <coughs> and
0: the flavor is just light and, and delicate. It's been warming up a little bit sitting out here from where I had it last. I had it pretty cold the last time I tried it. And it definitely takes on a different kind of... Um, the funk comes across more in the aroma to me, um, warmer like this.
1: And and again, there's a little bit of that, whatever you want to call it, that that barnyard type funk in this that I kind of expected out of the one from unknown, but you get it in this one and it's just a, a good slow sipper. This is, this is a fun beer. And again, really delicate, very light.
0: It's it's good. It's again, I, what I love about everything that I've had from burial is that juxtaposition between this branding and, and who you think they are to everything that you try. It's, it's a really fun brewery.
1: That's a fun beer. I yeah, like it's that good.
0: Line. The Mystic Lamb is good. The adoration, adoration of the Mystic right. Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, um, of course, another fun brewery description here. Let's. It is. This no, that's not even a good. Uh, okay, here we go. It's going to be a two-parter because you have to read the description from uh, the. Well, all right. So the description says this tropical fruity juice bomb is brewed with a base of two row. Golden Promise, flaked wheat and oats, and dry hopped liberally. Citra, cashmere, blanc, and southern cross hops. Beer is fermented with 100% Brettanomyces, Myces and bottle conditioned with fruit nectar to present a beautiful hop aroma with a developed true Brett flavor. So, the original version, I think, used mangoes, and they do it every year in the fall. And this one uses uh, pineapples, pineapple juice. <laughs> then the fun description. Uh, i don't even know half of these words okay <laughs> it reminds us of the first unforgettable time we saw this piece of art that is one of the polyptic polyptic poly poly panels in the altar of Ghent. experiencing the wonder in belgium has remained with us and out of it we offer the beer i think then they went to <laughs> the actual description i already read um Again, it's very, like, the, the descriptions don't fit them. <laughs> very very highbrow. It, it doesn't. You look at this label, and it's like, really, these are the same? Am I, am I reading them <laughs> right? You know, it's, it's funny to me. I love it. I absolutely love it.
1: Well, it's interesting, because you have a brewery, maybe like Three Floyds, which kind of has that heavy metal feel. Right. But most of their beers fit that. They're top right, right. 4 Big kinda, aggressive, aggressive beers. beers. Um, I was at a place out in, I believe, Los Angeles called Phantom Carriage. And at Phantom Carriage, it's dark inside and it kind of feels like you're in the I don't know, like you're gonna be like trapped there the rest of your right. life. It's scary. There's scary movies playing. <laughs> and all of the beers were kind of the same way. They were very aggressive. Right. And this is not at all. This is again kinda of light, kinda of delicate. Um it's a lot of the Brett characteristic, like I said, the kind of barnyard funk in it, but not in a way
0: that's offensive. Right. Um they um just announced recently, burial did, that they are expanding into a second location too that they which they're already in it's their production facility that's like they call it the forest camp or something and it's further out into i guess the woods of asheville somewhere it used to be some kind of I don't know forestry camp or something it's multiple buildings and stuff and they're going to put another tap room in there and i guess some kind of event space and that kind of thing um but i'm interested to see what I don't know if it's been open to the public previously or this is like the opening of it this new thing they're doing um but I'm curious to see what kind of flavor that takes on because I feel like when I taste this beer and I think about if somebody just handed me this and said this is a new brewery in Nashville I get this picture in my head of what the brewery is like it's you know the it's a farmhouse beer. They do lots of kind of fruits and flowers and stuff. I, I, I get this, this distinct image, and you could make a forest camp work very well for that <laughs> in a different kind of branding. kind of thing. Not that not that I don't like their current branding, because I do. I love it. Um, but I'm curious okay. if they go that same route, that kind of dark metal kind of theme, or if they kind of take it into a different kind of place with this new location. I don't know. I, I don't know if, what the, the right answer to that is either, though. I don't know if you just kind of own it and say, this is our you know, forest camp of death. <laughs>
2: I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's take another quick break and we'll dig into something else too, because why the hell not? It's, I mean, it's, it's what is it, Tuesday? <laughs> I think it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, or it's Tuesday. if you're listening to this on iTunes, you are because we're not live. Um, it might be Monday. It might, I guess it could be any day. It could be Friday. If you're listening to this on a Friday, it's Friday, so we're gonna drink more beer later. We'll be back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.
1: You know, there's no need to be uptight. Beer is about having fun.
0: The dream, the dream, is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to
1: figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer.
0: I don't know the answer.
1: Can you have more fun with
0: your clothes on? I don't think so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.
1: This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey,
0: y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman Baker. Hi, I'm Scott
1: LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Municipal Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast.
0: Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs>
2: Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on-trip advisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer.
0: I look, at, I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a, you know, a forestry harvester. They're all out there, and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't,
1: you don't ever hear somebody say, yeah, I used to drink that crap, crap. but I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brinkist, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs>
0: we're back not live but live for us from the gnarly known tavern soon to be the home of the new Cincy Brewcast Studios. I say soon, but I don't even know if it can get done by the end of the <laughs> summer. It's. I know where it's going to be. The space is there. I think all the equipment is purchased. I just need to dig in and do some construction now. It's a not a huge room, and I know it's going to be echoey. So I, I've I've thought about a couple of these shows that we were doing from here um that to do them in that room to kind of just put the table in there and well no because i know as soon as i get in there it's gonna be echoey and they're gonna be fighting all that and post-production so there's a lot of things that have to be done in there before the new studios are born but this works i think it sounds yeah. okay yeah if you're listening it sounds, and this sounds bad tell us <laughs> <laughs> tell us uh send me an email <laughs> but say it nicely yeah say it nicely Brewcast at com. seriously if you ever want to like tell me anything. You know, just send me an email since at broadcast at gmail.com. Tell me on Twitter. Um, send me a message on there. Facebook. Um, we, you know, let's let me see if I've got a phone number. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head. Um, we had talked a long time ago, um, with Mike about doing, um, like a, a call in line where people could leave messages. Um, this will work if you want to call in and tell me what you think about the show. um, you can call 513-620-4627 and leave me a message. Tell me what you think. If uh, it's fun, maybe I'll play it on the air. Maybe. <laughs> that number will change once the studio is done. And the, I'm toying with the idea of actually having um, live phone calls on the show, possibly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is, there, is there a mute button available?
0: Just, just, <laughs> just for shits and giggles. what's the worst that could happen <laughs> When, when we do live broadcasts, it's fun to know that people are drinking along with us mm-hmm. and I think it'll be fun to have a couple of drunk people calling in throughout the show. <laughs> <But> <laughs> might also be a terrible idea. Who knows? But yeah, seriously, if you, if you, uh, you want to tell us anything, you know, call the number, send an email, send a message, whatever. I don't know. Then we'll talk about I th- it. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm supposed to like promote social media or something throughout oh, the yeah. show. Yeah. There's Twitter. I'm, I'm really bad about all that stuff. You know, I think you're supposed to like I don't know, follow it on your favorite pod catcher, whatever. I think that's what you call them. iTunes or Spreaker or Stitcher or Google Play or whatever any of the other ones are I'm supposed to do all that stuff. Whatever. You're listening. So you already do. <laughs> so tell someone else <laughs> so, to Tell somebody else to follow <laughs> it. I don't know. Um, are we ready to crack another one here?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do something else.
0: Which one do you want? Do you want this Blackberry Farm Saison or this kind of a big deal with strawberries, which is a wheat wine with strawberries?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So what are their choices? Strawberry? What's the other fruit?
0: It, it does. This one does not have a fruit. Oh, not fruit. Let me see. This is another collaboration. This is called Sensibility. It is a mixed culture farmhouse ale aged in French oak from Stillwater and Blackberry Farm.
1: Oh, so they're both Blackberry Farms. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. This is
0: Blackberry Farm. This one is from Triple C. Oh, okay. Um, wheat wine with strawberry. Gotcha.
1: Well, I've heard of Blackberry Farms. You want let's, to... Let's give that one a try. Let's do that one.
0: Grab us another couple tasters there.
1: And as you open that, it does make me wonder as we try these different styles.
0: Let's see if I can get this cork to pop on microphone. <clears throat> oh, that'd be a fun one. Since song. I already sprayed some beer on the microphone. <laughs> I hope that sound came across.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it did. Let's see what happens here.
0: Launch it towards something I can break. See if you can hit a guitar over there. It's a little tight, guys. Cezanne is typically pretty high fermented, so carbonation-wise. There we go. Ah. <laughs> Success. <laughs> uh, the simple things in life.
1: So we've had some unique styles tonight from Charlotte and also, I guess, from Tennessee, which makes me wonder, what beer styles do you think Cincinnati is missing? Because we that's have a good question. just about everything right now. When I think, locally, oh, yeah, we've got sours, we've got this, we've got that. But but I don't think we have a Hellas Lager like what you got from Burial. Uh, that Saison from Burial as well that was a really good brett beer and we don't have a ton of brett beers in the area right now either
0: i am um, and i think it was whenever we had the artifact guys on the show last time we talked a lot about brett beers and they focused on them a little bit more like last year and the year before i think than they are this year because i said that people just don't care about them. is <laughs> kind of, I wish I had their actual quote in front of me to tell you what the, how they worded it, but um, they don't sell the way that the the the, the, the more traditionally uh, sour beers do. The funky doesn't translate over to the, the sales side, I guess, which maybe that's part of our issue here in town is that we haven't grown as much as drinkers. To encourage some of these things that can happen in a place like Asheville, because they're a little further ahead of us as as beer drinkers go, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know.
1: Now, you bring up a good point. Urban Artifact—they're doing some great stuff, but they definitely have kind of found their niche. Oh yeah, and their gozes and their Mid- Midwest fruit tarts. Yeah, those Midwest
0: fruit tarts are incredible. They're
1: incredible. But are we, as a city, yeah, kind of. Uh, one note or one trick pony as far as uh, beer drinkers go that we we don't know how to appreciate something that has some flavor in it.
0: I mean or unique flavor. Um you know, what beers around town do we see on a regular basis that you know are fermented with bread? I know Rivertown has dabbled but nothing mm-hmm. is done regularly. Yep. Um Fifty West, I guess once a year you know you're gonna get bread as my co pilot yep. now. And I assume their farmhouse sales they just released might have some too. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but, um, you, you don't see a ton of it. You don't see a lot of places that constantly go to it. I don't know if people are afraid of it in their brew house. I don't, you know, certainly urban's not afraid to have it in their brew house, but you know, there are definitely places that I think that plays into it. Um, I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And in- you know, obviously you went down there to Asheville and you brought these beers back and maybe as an outside tourist, you're a little more adventurous to begin with. Right. Because, hey, I can get IPAs back home. I can get whatever there is back home. So I'm going to go for something that maybe can handle some age if I don't get around to drinking it or I can't get this style back home or I, I don't have a lot of it offered back home. So maybe tourism alone helps push that in the market itself. So maybe if we saw a little more beer tourism, we would see some of these funkier styles pop up a little more often.
0: You know, if you are (coughs) a brewery where you know that you have people coming in from out of town, you may have bottles that people can take home with them, you know, more readily available Mm -hmm. things that people can share with their friends and, and get that conversation happening away from your hometown. It's, Anybody can put on a a great Kolsch or a great pale ale or whatever it is, but do people talk about that ever? You know, I don't think that they necessarily do. You know, it's people talk about the the crazy stuff, the fun stuff, the weird stuff. So maybe that comes over time.
1: And a lot of these releases, I think you made a comment that the burial (coughs) beer is released once a year, different fruit each time it doesn't sound like they sold out of that right away. It was readily well, yeah. available when you were there. So I, I don't think they're going through it fast, but they know that they can make a bunch of it, put it in the tap room and Hey, a couple of guys from Cincinnati roll in and they're going to buy a few bottles because that's what they do.
0: That's, that's one thing. So I, you know, I didn't research any of these beers before I bought them. I, I kind of knew a little bit about the unknown and what they were doing with their bottle release, but everything else when we walked in, I just looked at what was on the shelf or what was in the cooler. and said, all right, that sounds good. I'm going to get that. And like afterwards, when I was going through, I'm pretty sure that this, um, this collaboration Blackberry Farms one was from late last year. Um, I think this triple C one was from late last year, maybe even the year before that. If what I read was correct, I think this was released in 2016. Something like this is not going to still be on a shelf in a cooler in Cincinnati, like if it's a special bot, there was only like, you know, four different ones. Like I think like eighty cases of each, maybe that were that would be snatched up in Cincinnati mm-hmm. pretty quick. Maybe that's part of it too that um, we're missing out on. And granted, that is from from Charlotte, which is not as big of a beer tourism city as the Asheville stuff is. Um, I don't know. I I I don't know what what the difference is, what the secret is, if there is a secret, if it's uh, yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it ties into this topic of what styles are popular in Cincinnati right now. Uh, I think we're seeing... Paleos uh, and IPAs. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as volume goes, but as far as like what's getting outside attention, it's the New England right. IPAs, and now we're starting to see the heavily fruited Berliner vices getting a lot of attention, right. like the I, I Drink Your Milkshake from the street side, um, the Midwest Fruit Tarts from Urban Artifact get a lot of attention, and but... When we release those types of beers, they draw people in from outside Cincinnati, <laughs> but they're coming in and they're buying that beer and then they're leaving. Right. They're not really tourists at that point. Right. They're just day tripping here to, to do beer releases, which is good for our beer community, but not really what we're it's, talking about.
0: It's a, it's a step towards what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody that lives across the country and they're planning a vacation and the family sits down, you know, you've got your husband, and your wife, and they sit down at the table. All right, where do you want to go, honey? All right, wh- where do you want to go, sweetie? And you both come up with an idea to go to a place because of what's happening with the beer, because you want to go to breweries. You may do other things while you're there, mm-hmm. but you go there for the beer. You know, there's mm-hmm. granted. There's some fun things to do in Asheville. It's a beautiful part of the country. If you like the outdoors, it's a great place to go, but you go there for the beer. You go there because there are places to go drink and that's, you know, cincinnati has great places to drink we just don't have whatever that x factor is that gets people to talk about it so far and i think that's quickly shifting what do you what do you think of this beer
1: this is the softest beer we've had tonight as far as the body as far as the even the flavor it's very very light
0: yeah i was anticipating a little more uh kind of a a, a sour kind of character when it said that it was a uh, mixed culture um but that was just because of my own biases, I think.
1: Yeah, there's a little bit of acidity in there, but it, again, it's very soft. It finishes really clean. Like it, it makes me want to keep drinking more. It, you don't get burnt out on it, which it I think be is good.
0: Really good with food. Yes. Um, I, I, I've never been to Blackberry Farms. I've heard a lot of good things about them as a brewery, as a kind of a, a tourist place. You know, they. It's it's a farm. It's a huge estate of things that are going on. They have like a big like health spa thing there where you can get like you know I don't know some kind of massages and whatever. Um, they have a winery, I believe. Of course, the brewery, a really fantastic restaurant. I think it's won all kinds of James Beard awards and all kinds of stuff. Like a really like really classy, really nice place. But I think a lot of food people go there, mm-hmm. and this makes really perfect sense with that idea of what the brewery the the farm I guess it's not saying you know you can't even call them a brewery they're, they're much bigger than that I think um but it makes sense with that um knowing that big picture of kind of what they are
1: yeah i could see this you know something savory maybe the entree maybe even not maybe just you know smoked meats or some cheeses or something like that would go really well to kind of offset this What's happening here?
0: Seems like one of those beers that would be a good thing to um, share with wine drinkers that think they don't like beer, you know, yeah. To kind of teach them some, some of the, uh, entries into the, uh, the lifestyle, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> because there's, there's some neat flavors there, but they are they're They're delicate. They're light. You kind of, you have to pay attention to them. I, um, was reading something the other day about, uh, some beer style. I don't know if it was a, a Pilsner or something. And, and, um, uh, or might have even been something, might have even booze. It was booze related. It was booze. It was whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Switch topics for a second here. Um, Somebody was describing Irish whiskey, which, mm. for me, and this is a whole different, uh, whole different ball game from what we typically talk about on Sensi broadcast, But stick around because, well, stick around in, the grander sense of it because we may talk more about booze and wine and cider and things on some other projects that I'm working on throw that hint out there at least once every show, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, Irish whiskey, whenever I've tried it, I've been a little bored by it because it doesn't have those flavors that I'm searching for. And this person described it as, you know, bourbon being somebody writing on a piece of paper, you know, whiskey in magic marker. Versus scotch, maybe like a fine quill pen or something. And then um, Irish whiskey being with a pastel, you know, something that's really kind of light, really nuanced, really. Yes, it's it's light and you can easily overlook it and pass it up for something else that's bolder. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily worse. It's just takes a little bit of time to really appreciate mm-hmm. what it is. And um, going back to where we came from with that. <laughs> that's what I get with something like this. Like there's definitely those flavors are there. The things that I can appreciate are there. It would be really hard to enjoy this after a big Imperial stout or something like that. It would get Mm -hmm. completely lost and just be boring and taste like Bud Light. Yeah. That's, that's where I was going with that (laughs) big long winded description.
1: Yeah. But if you pay attention to it, you do get a little bit of the earthiness in it. There's a little bit of floral in it. Um, and like you said, I think paired with the right meal oh, yeah. at the right time, you, this might be your favorite beer of all time. It's just the right time and place. For
0: yeah, it. You, you get this served at the right temperature. Even something as basic as like a nice like summery salad or something sitting outside in the sun, you crack this open. Fantastic! I think it would I think it would hit right on that that perfect point. It, but.
1: Maybe a salad with some citrus in it of some sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: that go really well.
1: Now, it sounds like a place I want to visit, though.
0: I've always been interested by it. It's somewhere in Tennessee. I don't know actually where it is in Tennessee, but but I bet the name of the city is not going to help me. Walland, Tennessee. Yeah, nope. don't know where that is. <laughs> Let's say it's kind of close to Nashville. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it's somewhere between Knoxville and Nashville. It's somewhere around there. It's in <laughs> eastern-western Tennessee. <laughs> it's somewhere. It's a good guess. Yeah. Um, Let's see if I can get this next bottle open without a knife because it is a wax dipped. Oh. oh, see, now that brings up another conversation we need to talk about. When you wax dip your bottles, I know it is probably way huge of a hassle to do this. But these little strips that you can put under your wax that make it so I can open this bottle without a knife. I wish everybody did that.
1: So, So waxing the bottle... What, 90% presentation, 10% for those that are going to... I don't sell know. it? I yeah. mean, I, I've heard that the idea of waxing is to protect the beer in case the cap deteriorates over time if right. you're trying to sell it, that the wax is going to be able to, you I've know, also heard that that's oxidation. a bunch of
0: BS and it doesn't actually matter that it's... The, the oxidation... It's going to happen either way, It's right? going to happen no matter what. So it looks cool and
1: i think we all pay more for beer when it looks like that so kudos to them
0: so this is kind of a big deal (laughs) that's the name of the beer (laughs) i don't know how much of a big deal it is because i don't know that much about charlotte's beer scene to say that this is something that you can't just go and get off the shelf normally um but that's the name of the beer kind of a big deal with strawberries i think did i got the strawberries did you read it? strawberries okay yep. I, I thought that's the one i picked up.
1: aged in bur- bourbon barrels with strawberries added so
0: <clears throat> is there a date on this bottle anywhere i haven't checked that today it's a much lighter color
1: than i anticipated oh
0: yep. here we go bottled on 8-4-2016 so all right not new year and a half which was surprising to me to learn afterwards so i don't know if they do this every year um, or every couple of years or what, but
1: and when it comes to beer styles, I think certain beer styles kind of get neglected because people don't know anything about them. And I, and I will say, I don't really know a lot about wheat wine. I know
0: very little about wheat wine. And I
1: think that hurt this beer and its sales probably because I've taken a sip and this is really good.
0: So, kind of the story behind why they did this triple C does a lot of barrel stuff, a lot of big, they've got this big pretzel stout. That's fantastic. They have a lot of big, dark, heavy beers, they have really good stuff. But that was for a long time, all they had on their barrel side. And since the barrels are so important to them, they just kept going over and over. we need something in the summer. We need something in the summer. And this was what they came with, with is a wheat wine, something they could still put in barrels for a while but that would still drink really light and easy in the summer. It's an Imperial honey wheat wine. Um, The barrels, for the most part, are bourbon barrels. They did do a couple that were... So with this release in 2016, they did five variants. Um, They did a mango rum barrel diversion. They did the strawberry. They did a blood orange. They did a ginger and boysenberry. And then they did a, um, what did they call it? The uh, um, I think they called it the 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 wild, uh, um, kind of a wild deal or something like that. It was the blueberries with bread instead of just traditionally fermented. So I really would have probably liked that one had I known that existed before this. But um, I haven't tried this yet. Let me, let me taste it while you tell me your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely honey in it. Yes, And without a doubt, you can taste the sweetness from the honey. The bourbon barrel is there, but it's not hot. And it's sometimes, you know, a bare beer will be. You get the bourbon notes kind of as an undertone throughout. I don't pick up a ton of strawberry at first, though.
0: I get a little bit knowing that it's there. Well, it comes in late. Um, but again, this was bottled in August of 2016, so I'm mm-hmm. sure some of that has fallen out and gotten faded away you know again had i known that i I don't know if i would have picked this up off the shelf if i had known it was bottled in 2016 because the strawberry sounded good to me (laughs) what and i think this is a beer style and see if i can find i
1: bet this beer is deceivingly high in abv because it doesn't taste like it's high but i see if i feel like wheat wines are often eight to ten percent Oh, it's nine point two percent so, yeah, it doesn't drink like a 9% beer. It drinks closer to 7 or maybe 65 to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got the bourbon notes in it, which <laughs> makes you think that it could be high in alcohol, but it doesn't feel like it at all.
0: All right, we'll look at the BJCP guidelines, even though I'm not completely sold on the BJCP as the end-all, be-all place to find your beer information. I think it's inherently flawed, but all right. Oh, that's under. Sorry guys, it pulled up.
1: And the more I drink of it, I do get a little bit of strawberry, but it's kind of like an unripe strawberry, kind of a a green strawberry in a way. Kind of a seedy strawberry.
0: <coughs> so this is not from the BJCP, although it could be from the BJCP. It is. It's just a different website. All right. The description for a wheat wine for anybody that does not know, and this is going to be pretty long. Um, the aroma. Hop aroma is mild and can represent just about any late hop aromatic. Moderate to moderately strong, bready, wheaty malt character, often with additional malt, honey and caramel, all right. Light clean alcohol aroma may be noted. Low to medium fruity notes may be apparent. Low levels of tassel are acceptable. No. the, the vice and yeast character, banana clove is appropriate. So is this is this fermented with some kind of German wheat? you know. So,
1: yeah, it sounds like it's maybe related to a Hefeweizen.
0: We need somebody that understands these things to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> I'm so terrible. If
1: they use a yeast that's similar to like a Hefeweizen, that I would assume that's where the banana and clove would come from. I don't necessarily get that from this one, but there's a lot of other
0: things going on. This doesn't tell me what types of things are typically used to make it. I'm, I'm curious because I don't get any of that the at all. The
1: only other wheat wine that I can think of is Pilgrim's Dole from New Holland. And it is also aged in bourbon barrels. But I'll tell you it's much stronger than it's this. Got a lot of honey. A lot of honey. Um the the Pilgrim's Dole is much stronger as far as like a boozy taste to it. A little harsher. This is really smooth. Like I said, it drinks like a much lower ABV.
0: So flavor is moderate to moderately high weedy malt flavor, dominant in the flavor balance of any Hop character. Low to moderate, moderate bready, toasty caramel of honey malt notes are a welcome complexity note, though not required. I'm getting all these random phone calls today and it's driving me crazy. Decline. Don't they know we're doing a show? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, none of this helps me really understand what the the beer is. Ingredients typically brewed with a combination of American two-row and American wheat, Style commonly uses 50% or more wheat malt. So, I mean, I guess that's it. It's just, it's, is it like a barley wine with a bunch of wheat?
1: That's what I was going to say. And th- But the tricky thing about barley wines is you have the American ones that are aggressively hopped versus the English ones that are very sweet and malty. Right. This is very sweet and malty.
0: It's also a year and a half old. A Year and a half old, so maybe the hops <laughs> fell off. Right, <laughs> uh, very, very likely that so it's probably the not hops the, be- the like, we, So, to kind of take you behind the curtain of what I'm working on for this other project that I keep hinting at is there's a show that may or may not be coming where you get to go drinking with the gnome, um, and. It dives into some other stuff that we don't do on the brewcast, be it wine and booze and, and, and things like that, but also kind of a little more style exploration with beers. And I wish right now that I was already doing the show and could dive into wheat wines a little bit and understand what the hell it's supposed to taste like, <laughs> because this is good. This is really good. Um, but I don't know if it's supposed to taste wheaty. I don't know if it's supposed to taste like a barley wine. I don't know if it's supposed to be a blend between the two. Um, this this honey thing that's going on, it tastes kind of meaty to me, if that mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Again, love to dive into meads <laughs> right now so, and try to understand, does it fit in with a mead? I, I don't know anything about this beer.
1: It is really good. A lot of honey. Um, this reminds me of a beer that I would drink when I want something that's kind of a little boozy because of the bourbon, but it's not heavy like a stout.
0: So maybe this is like the perfect barrel aged sipping beer for the summer. Maybe, Absolutely. maybe they nailed yeah. exactly what they were going for and the style doesn't even really matter <laughs> because I think that's what it is. I don't get the, the 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 strawberry very much, but again, I think that's a product of a beer that's been yeah. aging in a um, nice cellar for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turned out good. They should have told me when I was purchasing this beer that it was an uh, aged version of a beer. Did you
1: buy this from the brewery from or from the brewery? From yes. the brewery. Yeah. Very
0: nice. Um, they just had a, a list on the chalkboard next to all of their taps that had all of their barrel aged beers. They had available bottles and a little short description of them. And I read that one and I said, Oh, strawberry and a wheat wine. That sounds pretty good. It sounds, you know, right along kind of the same line of the things that I've been buying this weekend and that I plan on buying. Um, I don't know. Should a brewery tell you that when you walk up?
1: You, you know, the experience at a tap room uh, varies, and I think they should have said some, <coughs> something m- minimally said how good of a decision it was that this was their
0: anniversary beer right. or this was a special There's release beer. There's a case of these that exist anymore. You know, yeah, yeah. Like hey,
1: oh, you're really lucky. You know, these have kind of been a slow mover for us, but it's a great beer that we released back in 2016. And and these this is where it started and this is where it's at now because I guarantee if there's bottles of this sitting around, they're cracking these open every couple months right. to try them to make sure they're still sellable. So I think they should have mentioned it. I don't think it would have deterred you from buying it. No, probably not. Had they presented it in the right way?
0: I am. Um, it's like if this had been a bottle that had been released in Cincinnati, I would have known as a beer drinker here in Cincinnati what that beer was that it had been released in you know mid to late 2016 that it was going to taste differently than what the description on the bottle or online or on their chalkboard kind of described it as I would have known that because I kind of I knew I know what's going on around Cincinnati Mm -hmm. I think most craft beer drinkers do if somebody walks into uh, you know uh, Brink Brewery tomorrow and sees their um, their Armored Heart sitting on, a, on 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 the bar, and they say, hey, we just found four bottles of this coffee Armored Heart. <laughs> Granted, it's actually still <laughs> drinking just fine, but if it had been a year from now, yeah. you know that the coffee's not going to come through as much as it did when it was fresh um, because you live in Cincinnati and you watch these things. I guess most of us do. But going back to the beer tourism thing, there's something about that too of kind of playing to people that may not have ever been to your brewery before and uh, do we do that here in Cincinnati were they doing that in Charlotte when I bought this I don't know. know I have no idea
1: but again about our local beer scene it's rare that I walk into a brewery and they have bottles of anything sitting there let alone something that's been there for a year or right, so right. so is it that the demand is so high that it sells out fast or is it that we're just not catering to that market i don't I, know i don't know which one it is i, I don't <laughs>
0: either i would love to I, I i know that just in the in the reading that i've done each of these variants had 80 to 90 cases of them um which is how many bottles there are 12, 12. bombers in a case I mean that's
1: but like nearly a thousand
0: yeah I mean that's 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 fairly high for a bottle release, especially
1: if there's five, so there's almost five thousand barrel or uh, bottles
0: right i mean that's that's a that's a pretty good release, mm-hmm. I think you know, the dark charges when they come out on dark charge, they are about two to three hundred bottles of each of those, so, so maybe it's, it's
1: just a volume, yeah, maybe different that these other breweries are kind of knowing they're making more than and enough. that's
0: this one specifically i don't know how that translates to other, their other bottom yeah. races so if you are listening from triple c because i'm going to tag you <laughs> um you know yeah, let's know it, we it, don't know and feel free to chime in and tell us and again it turned
1: out really great after a year and a half it's, it's great it, there's no hint of it turning or anything like that it, it's it's holding on really well it's
0: it's only slightly frustrating knowing that this is not the beer that it was and that I thought I was purchasing. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm enjoying it wonderfully, but it's not what I thought I purchased.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the strawberries dropped off. Yeah,
0: it's good. Mm -hmm. It's great beer. Um, it's kind of a big deal. It is. It's kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I hear. It's what I read. Um, so we've got all of the beers that are sitting in front of us open we don't have anything else to crack open. We just get to keep drinking these and talk to you guys who are in the future. Um, what do you want to talk about, Joe? We, you know, we, we've, we've touched on the, the beer tourism thing, I think a little bit. Uh, we mentioned Sam Adams and what's going on with that. We mentioned Rheingeist and some of their big, uh, stuff that's happened. They, mm-hmm. I mean, it's big news to have a brewery that big so quickly in Cincinnati. Um,
1: yeah, to be top 50 and we're assuming close to 100,000 barrels is where they're going to end this year. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of beer. That's
0: pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> that's a lot of uh,
1: truth. That's a lot of bubbles. That's a lot of Cougar. I don't know what else <laughs> they saw a lot of, but th- those three, I'm sure um, a lot of those three.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard some crazy numbers that, that bubbles might be doing that has um, is, been... Is is pretty nuts to think about, you know, and of course truth, obviously everybody knows truth sells a ton,
1: you know, true or uh bubbles went through kind of a identity shift a while back and don't have to talk about that too much, but the reality is there aren't a lot of things like bubbles out there. So they, they really did a great job finding kind of a niche market. They branded it really well and it, and it is a good beer too. So
0: one of the, one of the weird anomalies on, the blog that I have. Um, so if anybody just listens to the show and doesn't understand, we both blog about beer here in Cincinnati, you know, Joe does it on craftbeerjoe.com And I do it on the dot gnome.com. And we just kind of talk about the beer scene in Cincinnati, which we can go on a tangent about how other cities don't have as healthy of a beer blogging scene oh, as we not. do here in Cincinnati. I notice <laughs> that every time I go out of town and get online and try to search for something, there are not good beer bloggers. Um, but it, bubbles for some reason, every single month I get these weird bunches of traffic coming from people just looking for information about bubbles. <laughs> it just <laughs> month after month, I like, I look and I'm like, why are all these people like landing on this page or this page? And I'm like, it's because they're Googling bubbles. They're looking for bubbles. <laughs> and I don't know if they are somehow like wandering there from searching for something else that's bubble related or if they're really looking for Rheingeist bubbles, <laughs> like, I, I still have never really cracked that code. But I get a lot of traffic to bubbles.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it really is the beer. It's hit. It's hit a market.
0: Yeah, it, the the beer cider hybrid, but it is a beer technically. <laughs>
1: it, it is a rose ale. Now it was a cider. Now it's an ale.
0: Um, I've I've heard, um, and this is obviously you know secondhand. But the amount of of malt that goes into it to call it an ale, which, you know, (laughs) is is really just for tax purposes, just for, you know, it it costs them a lot less per can if it's an ale versus a cider. Mm -hmm. The amount that goes in there is kind of a crazy low amount, like kind of the equivalent of walking over to um, a brew kettle and just pouring in (laughs) a can of beer kind of thing. (laughs) I don't know that's actually what they do, but like that amount, like in a batch. Um. so it, it's really kind of still a cider if anybody wants to argue it <laughs> really you know it, i think legally it's an ale but it's yeah. still a cider
1: yep yep uh no other things that are going on um i think we should mention mad tree next thursday
0: oh yes yes yeah. yes yes um this has been kind of a really fast happening thing again going on the beer tourism topic though mm-hmm. a perfect thing that we probably should talk about the untapped seven cities tour is that what they called it that's what they called it um based on check-ins you know cincinnati was right there in the running with any other city in the united states for a really long time and we squeaked it out i think is number five or six i think, yeah, I think it, it was number six yeah um, yep right um, above
1: portland oregon
0: and we got beat out by charlotte which is probably my fault for going to charlotte <laughs> in the middle of the competition. Yeah, I know you were checking in down there i saw it <laughs> and uh, uh we have a exclusive party with uh with with untapped happening at mad tree next thursday at six and we will be broadcasting a Cincy broadcast i we'll, we'll probably go ahead and do it live it might be an abridged show it might actually get worked into a future show because i don't know how much time we're gonna have um with greg who's i think it's i think his name's greg one yeah of the greg one uh
1: avola i believe Evola. is his name from untapped yeah yeah april 12th at <laughs> mad tree um, and I guess the way they did it was the venue, the verified venue with the most right. check-ins got the event. Uh, Mad Tree, I guess, was the most popular. Which I, <coughs> I don't know what other venues were in the running, but um, <clears throat> that tap room is perfect for this event.
0: Depending on how the show plans out, we'll, I'm, I'm hoping we get somebody from Mad Tree in on the the show too, because I can still remember when Mad Tree opened 2.0. And the first time I stopped into 2.0, it was, uh, one of their, one of their soft openings. I think they did for like four weeks or something. Um, And I stopped in there and I was getting a beer and I was standing in line waiting for my beer and Kenny McNutt was standing there next to me and he asked me what I thought. And uh, this is as I'm staying in line. I said, well, you know, everything's, it's beautiful. it's, It's great. And you know, all the good stuff. And then I said, but from where I'm standing right now in line, I can't. See both of these tap boards. I can't see what's on tap on both of these. He's like, "Oh yeah, but it's all on our website and everything." And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, of course." <laughs> I said, "Are you guys ever going to you know go the untapped route and get you know a verified menu on the tap so everybody has it on their phone?" And his answer was, you know, "Probably not. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know we don't need to." um go with untapped we've spent enough time doing this on our own end why would we do it with them and that is a question now that i really want to ask <laughs> of what are changed you, your mind and are you happy now that you did mm-hmm. to show that you are now the most popular untapped venue in cincinnati and one of the most popular untapped venues in the united states like mm-hmm. that's 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 gotta be um that's got that's gotta be a little make you a little happy and a little bit of a uh, you know, feather in the cap, I guess.
1: It's interesting. I know there are people that really don't care for Untapped because of the crazy things people write on there, the reviews and the ratings. And I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan for years. And the last couple of years, they've really, really kind of reinvented themselves as who they are as a, as a social media platform and a beer discovery platform and I think this just proves that that these verified venues where I can go on and know what's on tap right. at, at multiple places throughout the city in, in seconds, you know, as a beer geek, as somebody that really wants to try unique <coughs> beer. There's nothing better than knowing what's going to be on tap before I get there. And I know what I'm going to order. You know,
0: well, even, you know, it used to be people thought of untapped just as a way to see what your friends were drinking. Mm-hmm. And it still is that very much, yeah. but it really is a place that you can immediately jump on, look at all of your favorite places and see what beers on tap. What's new that you haven't had? What came back that you loved last year? What what are those things you can get notifications riding right your phone to tell you when they tap something new. It's immediate. It's, you know, pops up on my watch, you know, like for, you know, like this is the, the it's a cool technology that I think that they jumped on right at the right time and Um, with the 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 partnerships that they've done was the um the the buyout that happened Uh, Uh, with the it was wine right yeah i can't remember the name of it Uh, i want to say i always want to go back to open table but that is not the name of it. that's That's that thing where you do the (laughs) um it's like
1: it's like vino or some it's wine something
0: it um but it, it it's one of those things that uh that Fixes a lot of issues with beer, if that makes sense. You know, beer is was not a very online friendly um, hobby. You know, yeah. yes, it's very social in that the people that you're sitting around with, you get to share it with them, but there was never a good way to pull that into the online universe and they figured that out great. And I think that in this last year, some, like I said, the, the, the partnerships that they've come up with have only improved that. And it's really crazy to think about where it could go from here as more and more places and people adopt it and work it into their normal everyday life. It's fun.
1: It is fun. And again, it's more about beer discovery now than ever before. And for the breweries that do a good job on there, as far as describing their beer and listing out their beers appropriately, it helps people understand what they're about to consume so they have a better experience with it. Uh, any of these beers here, reading those descriptions really did help us discover what was inside those beers. Absolutely. And Untapped does that for us without saying anything. The brewery can just list it once and thousands and thousands, maybe millions of people get to read it before they drink it. There's well, value there.
0: And and I get some of the people that don't, I, I don't rate beers on Untapped. I, I check them in and I might write a description if I have enough time. But I don't put a rating on it, and I get why you would or would not. But just to be able to remember what it was that you drank last week that was so crazy and so weird, some of these names are hard to remember. Yeah. I mean, was this the, uh, <laughs> the the adoration the adoration of the Mystic Lamb? I'm not going to remember that. I had to pick it up just now, and I just drank the beer. But it's on my untapped, and if I. Mm really quickly search burial and see what I've had from them. I'll see that beer and I'll remember what it was. So there's power in that too, even if you don't need to rate your beers or don't want to rate your beers.
1: Yeah. So I'm really excited about that event. I think it says a lot again for Cincinnati beer tourism, who wears a beer city. People that are listening to this are probably in Cincinnati. So they already know, but I think we really need to be a little more proud about who we are as a city. And I think this untapped contest proves it, you know, I mean, we're, and this was the number of check-ins. So we're up there with Chicago and Anaheim, which is L.A. and New York City. I mean, there's some we, big. We were cities. a little behind them. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, we we be, we beat out some very large right. cities that right. that didn't show up there. You know, I didn't see Dallas on that list. That's a right. big city. Um, I didn't see Atlanta on that list. Well,
0: cities that that have you know you you know are big. You know, Portland, mm-hmm. you know, Oregon. I mean, come on, though. you know that there's breweries there. Yeah. You know. Maybe people aren't using an I I don't know what the reason is, but we beat them, you know. Or how about uh,
1: Grand Rapids, Michigan? Right, right. They call themselves Beer City, USA, and they weren't on the list. So, you know, and they make great beer up there. But obviously, there's something happening here that people found value in. And maybe we're just addicted to the app. I don't know. But either way, it says a lot about who we are. Um, it's a, I guess I found out today that this is, it will be Greg from untapped his first time to Cincinnati. Oh, that's fun. So hopefully he at least plans an afternoon to visit more oh, than mad sure. tree. I'm sure. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> so, um, yeah, again, all around, I think it's great for Cincinnati and I think it's going to be a great event.
0: And it's, so, if you have any questions for Greg from untapped, you know, fire them off in an email, send them to me, send them on social media. Cause we will definitely be there next Thursday at some point i don't know the time of the show yet i don't know if the show is going to be live i don't i i don't know when you will get it on your 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 pod catcher i I don't know that any of that yet but we are definitely there we will be doing something we will be talking to him and um, yeah if you have anything you want me to pass on or ask Send it and I will look through it and decide on the ones that I can pass on. So if you hate untapped, don't bother sending it in <laughs> unless you have a good antidote Constru- about why. Constructive right. questions, right? Yeah. Um, I, that's, that's probably it for tonight because we are a little over time. An hour and a half show is an hour and a half show. Um, but it's the internet. We can do what we want. So I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> Thank it's you guys do. Uh, for listening com. you know, if anybody is not already following him and you listen to the show, then I, I don't know what to tell you. You you are messing up. <laughs> I think I hope that all of our listeners at this point know who you are and what you're doing and uh follow you on all of the different social media. Um you are very active on Instagram and I think that's a that's a fun kind of medium that people either have been really into or just figuring out like there's no middle ground to it. So if (laughs) you are not on Instagram, follow craft beer, Joe on Instagram. Um, thanks for doing the show.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun as always. And thanks for the beer. Of course, it's all stuff I can't get locally. So this (laughs) is a lot of fun for me. So, um, yeah, it's been fun.
0: Like I said, we will be back. Um, next week and and every week after that i don't always know what the topics are going to be because it's always changing and um who knows (laughs) who knows the schedule gets crazier and crazier if you have anything you want us to talk about or any place that you want us to go that we are not going just get online and tell us and we will do our best if the brewery will have us We will be there. Uh, Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Scentsy Craft. Share it with all of your friends. See you next week. Thank you, guys.